This is the Christian Morrison Show. Hey guys, we got uh, Jason Solomon today. So I said it correct, right? Solomon, Solomon. that's right. Because it's spelled differently. It's so. spelled differently, S A L A M U N, but it sounds like Solomon. So, like King Solomon, but not quite as wise. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a proper pronunci- pronunciation of that? Just Solomon. Just Solomon. Yeah. Okay. What is that from? Like, so uh, you know, that's it's a great question. Uh, my name comes from. It's a Croatian name. Okay. And when my great great grandfather immigrated here, it had an EC at the end, so it was Solomonek. Interesting. And then okay. when my uh, great grandfather uh, went into the service for World War II, for some reason he dropped the EC at the end of it. Hmm. And uh, I thought he could have changed the whole spelling and made my life much just easier at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he ended up serving in World War II and received the Purple Heart. Fought wow. in the battle of battle of Iwo Jima, hmm. um, and everything. So that's where that side of the family. He's in Iwo Jima. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big history guy, so okay. I love World War II history, especially. So that's pretty crazy. It is. That he was there. He was there. He was injured. Did uh, you know? Did you know him well? No. He uh, he passed away. Oh gosh, 15, 20 years ago. But so my grandpa, we have all this information about uh, my great grandfather. Uh, his Purple Hearts, of course. There's a yeah. news article about mm-hmm. what happened, and basically he was he was wounded uh, in that battle. And this is what's wild. At, after the battle, uh, the other side would come along, and they would stab you um, with pitchforks or anything that they they had. You know, the um, the other side meaning a, like the the warriors or like the just the population there. No, uh, so you know, in World War Two, you were battling. You know. Japanese or yeah, you were battling the uh, Germans or whatever. Exactly. Or the Italians, yeah. Exactly. So um, so anyways, he he uh, pretended to be dead, got stabbed, did not move, because that's how they t- could tell if you were alive. Oh, and if you moved or squirmed, you would be shot. And so um, he was injured. He was able, because of the pain, he passed out. Yeah. And then uh, evidently uh, was rescued shortly after that by... A pharmacist through a which is interesting a guy who was in a in a the medical chopper ended up becoming a pharmacist they were able to save his life and uh he went on to live a full life but uh received the purple heart for his uh, heroism that's crazy that he, they stabbed yeah. him because you always see that like in movies and stuff. Well, yeah, they're they're like, check them. Yeah. yeah, they're the bayonets mostly. But I think yeah. I heard they use all sorts of objects. <laughs> they bayonets were pretty common, but uh yeah, they they check to see if they're dead and if they. If they moved, they will take care of that. So because yeah, of his the pain, because he had uh, he had received gunshots, he he was in a great deal of pain, passed out from the pain, knew would come in and out, um, yeah. knew what was happening, and uh, was able to just kind of grim and bear it. Damn, and uh, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. And he said maggots got in his wounds, and, and that actually might have actually helped. So, yeah, because they them. eat some of the dead flesh and stuff. Yeah, right? so yeah. just just a wild story. That is wild. I'll tell you that generation is made of special stuff. <laughs> yeah, and they kept, they built what we have now. That, absolutely. Basically, everything we have is absolutely. built from that generation. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. Mm-hmm. I have my grandma was um, kind of the opposite side of all that because she was from East Germany. Okay. My grandma escaped. I can't remember the year she escaped, but she escaped East Germany through Russian soldiers. Like, there's this whole deal with how she got out of there. So it's crazy to think, like, part of America comes from people that escaped during that time. 
part of America comes from people that fought during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. My dad's we're all side connected of the to it somehow, basically. My dad's side of the family the Croat- had a Croatian name, but uh, very much German and had some, um, I'm told, uh, Jewish as well. So yeah. it's just fascinating uh, that just the, the melting pot. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, there was this guy I was listening to that was talking about how his great, great granddad was like the ruler of Iran, I think. His hmm. great, great granddad. Yeah, it was a ruler of Iran. And he was like, people think I have some kind of like trickle down effect from that because he's like a really successful guy. He's like, I don't have any track on. I don't even know the guy's name. <laughs> his great, 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 he didn't even know his name. <laughs> and he had 450 kids. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, that's insane. First yeah. off, <laughs> he, got, he got some work in, in his life. <laughs> um, that's for sure. But um, so anyways, it made me think about at some point your bloodline. Or whatever, like we make a big deal out of bloodlines, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, you passed on your name or whatever, right, with mm-hmm. your kids which I have all girls, so maybe I never will do that. Um, don't you as well of all girls or no? No, I got, one, I got one son. One yeah, one son. So you get to pass down your name. Yeah. Um, maybe. Anyways, so he uh, he was thinking, I was thinking about it after he said it. I was like, well, eventually everything you do, like in a hundred generations, no matter what you do on earth, you're probably not going to be remembered. Hmm. Like your name is probably not going to be remembered. Hmm. And I was like, wow, it's kind of interesting. So it's like we make a big deal out of like legacy and mm-hmm. passing stuff down. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know who 50 grandparents ago. I don't know that person's name. They could have been a ruler for all I know, mm-hmm. but you don't know because hmm. stuff doesn't pass down that long. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing, the only thing that's really ever passed on that long is some history. But if there's anything I learned recently, it's history can is written by whoever won that at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then the Bible is about it. What other stories do we really know? Like in detail like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. Just made me think about that the other day. Kind of a random thought. But back to the introduction of Jason, <laughs> as we rambled there for a minute. Yeah, I'm bad about so that. So that's a story of my last name. <laughs> yeah. That's a really cool story, actually. Jason is city council member here in Rapid City. Mm-hmm. And then also, what is your title at Fountain Springs? So I'm executive pastor. Executive Basically, pastor. what that means is I oversee the staff and operations. Okay. Uh, so we have a lead pastor, of course, uh, who does most of our teaching and, and leads the church. But... So he, he kind of hires me as his right hand to kind of run the day-to-day. And so it's a growing church, multiple yeah. locations, online. Um, so a few years ago, he approached me and just said, I, we had been attending, and he just, and at that time I was a vice president at Black Hills Federal Credit Union. Okay. So uh, he sent me down, he's like, hey, we're growing, we have a need. Would you at all be interested in overseeing the staff and operations? And he just, you know, it was a good time in my life. I prayed about it, of course, uh, talked to my family and, and made that leap. And I had been at the credit union over 12 years. Wow. So, uh, so it was a big decision, yeah. but, uh, I'm grateful. Uh, it's been a good season in my life. Obviously I wear a lot of different hats, yeah. uh, but it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So you, you did before this, you did Black Hills Federal. You said you were the, what did you do there? So I was vice president of operations and okay. strategic services, which just, I always said everything else that's like non-lending, eventually I okay. kind of oversaw at some point in time, most most everything. So I had oversaw training at one time, a period of IT, I oversaw that, but our, our operations where you build locations yeah. and, and we had an insurance agency and an investment agency. Um, we had uh, compliance, just a lot, I mean, you name it, strategic planning, all of that kind of stuff. I've, I've been able to, uh, yeah. Been a part of? Yeah. yeah. You feel like probably if you were there for how long? 12 years, you said? Yeah, over 12 years. You probably were there during a massive growth period, I imagine. Anyways. Absolutely. I feel yeah. like the last 12 years. And a recession exploded. and growth, yeah. and um, and they're still growing. Yeah. Uh, great organization, but 
um, very grateful. I obviously uh, grew quite a bit there. You don't spend that much time and not grow. That's yeah. right. Especially if you're moving up. What did you start out as there? There, I started out as training manager, training okay. and development manager, and then worked your way up to. Yeah, prior to that, I was at Assurance, which always. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're trying to get into like, you know, my career, I was, I was in the Air Force. Yep. So after high school, I graduated high school here in Rapid City. Went in the Air Force. After my service was up, uh, had just gotten married. My wife and I decided to move back to South Dakota. We were stationed in Colorado Springs. Move back here and kind of plan our roots, raise our family. And I went to school to be a teacher. Uh, never actually ended up doing that because hmm. I had to work as a non-traditional student taking care of my family yeah, and going to school sense. at the same time. So I ended up at uh, Assurant, but prior to it being called Assurant, it was American Memorial Life Insurance Company. And what it did was it uh, formed with a bunch of other companies to become one company. And uh, just kind of a wild set of circumstances, uh, I ended up getting the opportunity to help be a part of the branding process of what would become a publicly traded company. Mm. So I got to go in my early 20s to Manhattan and sitting in on these meetings I probably had no business being in, yeah. <laughs> uh, but about how to position ourselves uh, in a brand to go public. And so in 2004, Assurant uh, went public, had an IPO, um, became the second largest IPO that year behind Google. Damn. Um, hmm. And I, for some reason, found myself in those rooms. And it has to do with a lot of circumstances here in the Rapid City office, but I uh, was very blessed, very fortunate. Um, uh, so I always say this gal, Tammy Schultz, kind of gave me my big break, really invested a lot into me at that time, believed in me, and I owe a lot to her. So she's... She was amazing. And then, you know, so I did uh, branding and HR and all sorts of things uh, for, for assurance and yeah. traveled all over the country to the multiple locations. But, you know, having a family uh, and traveling a lot got to be tough. Yeah, and so I, tough, I, I, I reached a crossroads where if I wanted to uh, grow, I had to move to Atlanta um, or stay in Rapid City and, and change it up. Yeah. yeah. So I so then uh, that's when Black Hills Federal came, came in. into it. Yeah. Explain this to me. I'm curious. Um, I've never understood how credit unions work. Yeah. Meaning like I talked to somebody one time and they're like, yeah, credit unions are owned by the members or something to that effect. That and true. I was like, what does that mean? So yeah. explain that. So essentially, uh, you know, a bank, and I think there's places for banks and credit unions. Right. So I'm not an anti-bank person. Yeah. But uh, I guess explain the differences. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So just, but people, you know, obviously they have get pretty passionate. But a credit <laughs> union uh, it is owned by the shareholders. So, you know, in a bank, you, you might have one owner or multiple owners in an ownership group where uh, in a credit union, every member has an equal share. Okay. So when you put, when you become a member, you pay, I think, I believe it's $25 to get a share and that goes into your savings account. Okay. Uh, and that way you actually get to vote on the board of directors um, that, that represents you kind okay. of, kind yep. of like we do in in a public office and yeah. then their CEO is is reported reports to them okay. and then you know the rest of the staff does so it's really all about where the profits go and who has the ownership so so with um, a credit union the profit and there's a lot of additional rules for credit unions um, because, federally or yes okay. yeah it's it's a it's a different world versus banks that you know they can't lend unlimited amount commercially okay they're capped uh, usually what they can uh, hmm. Uh, unless things have changed since I've been there, but yeah, that, yeah. that was the case when I was there. And so, 
so each shareholder uh, gets to be a part of it. So the profits from the credit union can be reinvested back in the credit union, either through more services or lower rates, you name it. Yeah. So um, that's uh, that's the main difference. Uh, the, they always said uh, people helping people. So it's pretty democratic in a, okay. in a lot yeah. of ways. It feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like I use Black Hills Fire for all my personal stuff. Yeah. I switched to them. Um, and I think they have better. The whole, whole every experience there seems better to me. Like they're more innovative. Seems like to me, anyways, more innovative, more growth driven, also more customer driven. So feels that way. Yeah. Well, it's you know you were a member there, yeah. and you know when I when I was there, obviously service is huge, but uh, online was big. And so I can tell you, just in my time there, and and still being a member today, the investment they made into to being competitive with online services, yeah. which is, you know, I think they're better than most. It's a, I, yeah. I have, I just don't have any issues, but, yeah. um, so it's been pretty awesome to watch the growth. I think they're, you know, when I was there, we expanded to Sioux Falls and I think mm-hmm. they're looking at, uh, uh, other regions as well. Where so. all are they? Gosh. Yeah. So all over the Black Hills, okay. Pier, okay. uh, multiple locations in Sioux, Sioux Falls. Falls yep. Um, and I think they're, they might be heading, uh, out West a little bit. I don't know. Uh, exactly what their plans are, but that's the rumblings. Is yeah. is they're looking at other locations but right now, just South Dakota or no? For right now, know. South Dakota. Okay, but it wouldn't surprise me if they if expand sees, out. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening too. They seem to be a really well-run organization to me. So that makes sense. What other like restrictions do they have as a credit union compared to a bank? Uh, Anything major or not? Well, really? mostly restrictions. Like I said on the commercial side, I okay. think that that's big. Um, Depending on how your credit union is set up, your your membership can only be in a certain amount of a, amount of people. So Black Hills Federal uh, is based on a region, so they okay. have to apply. Hey, the, I, we can serve in these counties, Got it. and and uh, those counties have to be contiguous. They can't just go anywhere in the country. There, okay. there are there are some limitations, but some are set up on affinity groups. So like uh, Navy Federal Credit Unions, based oh, yeah. on if you were in the military. Well, that, I could easily do that, and that's any, that's anywhere and everywhere. So yeah. it kind of depends on how you're set up. Okay, that might like from the get go, probably. Yeah. Can you change? Can they change? They could. I think it's voted on. It's voted on, and I think you know, federal government doesn't make everything easy. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's so for I'm sure. sure. That's quite a process. You know what else has always confused <laughs> me about credit unions is how they can kind of work with other credit unions. Yeah, they have to. So you know, for example, you know, one of the drawbacks is well, if I have a local credit union and I travel, you know, to Florida. Yeah. Can I get money? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Can I get services? Well, yeah. So they they had to network together and they joined. Uh, so basically, many of these credit unions, you go into them, you can actually perform transactions through your home credit. That's union, so That's cool to at. me. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's in, it's innovative. I yeah. think whenever you have limitations, it creates uh, innovation. innovation. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So uh, let's talk about what brought what brought you into the city council realm, and All right. the public office space. Yeah. Like, how did that come well, to be for that's you? That's a that's a great question. So. This is going to sound goofy. When I was 18 years old, I was in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and I'd always wanted to serve in the military at some point. Probably a combination of, obviously, family history, G.I. Joe, and Top Gun. You know, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you love America. And, hell yeah. And so you want, to, you want to get in the service. Well, I'm in my training, and uh, part of my training is you're doing these overnight kind of security shifts where basically you're guarding a door. I think they're just teaching you how to, you know, how to deal with, you know. It was it was in training, so yeah. it didn't really have much for security. Yeah. So I would get bored uh, between two and four a.m. or something. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of sitting in a chair waiting for anything to move. Yeah. So I brought a pen and paper with me after a while, and I wrote out ten things I wanted to do in my life as part of that process. 
and you know serve in the military was one of them so that for me that was air force um being executive was one of them. Anyway, I had a, I had a list of ten things. Yes, yeah, yeah. and one of them was run for office someday. You know, so uh, fast forward um, twenty fifteen or so, I'm in a program called Leadership South Dakota, an excellent program. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's you basically September through April. You're spending three days a month in a different community in South Dakota, meeting amazing people having great experiences yeah, yeah. and you just get some awesome opportunities. Well, uh, I shared this list, uh, or at least the idea of this list with some of my classmates and they really got to talking about, Hey, you should run for something. I'm like, Oh, maybe when I'm older, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, right now it's kind of, kind of tough with a job and everything else. And, uh, but they were pretty persistent and putting the thought in my head. And, um, so I've, I've been, pretty passionate about our community in a lot of ways, not just politically, but just how do you make it better? And yeah, so yeah. other things I had been involved in um, had been to that, to, in that idea. So long story short, by the time I graduated in April, I had already rolled out a campaign for that June. So, hmm. um, so awesome. yeah, yeah, so about January or February of that year of 2016, in that process, um, I decided I'm gonna give this a go. And I decided city council will let me uh, still work and you know but still i can yeah, serve my yeah, community yeah. um and i thought that was a better route for me so i did that uh for three years and uh that first term was awesome that for, we got a lot done in that first term uh the arena a lot of folks know that yep. uh, uh the uh, innovation center yep. that elevate uh, sits in today yeah, that place is awesome yeah, yeah so that was a big part of what we did we were able to do a lot and yeah. a lot of fingerprints on those projects so I was pretty proud, but of course, as my term wrapped up in 2019, with all the changes that were going on at the credit union, uh, really was going to be difficult for me to continue in public service and, and have that high level of work. Interesting. So I had to say, that, you know, I won't be running for re-election. Yeah. You know, which is kind of a bummer, but you know, you you, you kind of say, okay, that's that is, is what, what it is, is right? Yeah. And uh, and I totally get it. I mean, it's it's hard to balance the world. Um, yeah. So. Then I took a year off, and of course I changed jobs. Went to work for the church, yeah. and um, tried to work in a little flexibility, and said, you know, I might, I might jump back into this now that I am in a new place in my life. And, yeah. Um, and so I did, right in the middle of when the pandemic's yeah, breaking yeah. out. So <laughs> yeah. barely got to campaign. Didn't really yeah. uh, know how it was going to go. Um, and so, but I squeaked it out, and now here we are, two years, and I got one more year left. So on city council. So do you have one more? Can you? How long can you go on a city council for? You can Is go as long as the voters allow you to go. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, if you want to scoop, this is probably my my final term on the city council. Yeah. It, I might continue public service uh, beyond this. I'm praying through that right now, but I think I think six years on the council. I think letting somebody else have a turn, and uh, and seeing whatever the Lord has for me next. Is, what's, your, what's your favorite part? Of the city council for you it's the people you meet uh you know and the difference you make yeah and and, you, and nobody can do it alone yeah you know one thing like like any good thing a vision you can accomplish all by yourself isn't much of a vision yeah so but but with the city um it takes a lot of people uh doing their part and so you have obviously you have a, a whole city that you have to help make decisions for yeah and you have competing priorities sometimes of course um but some of my favorite stuff uh, beyond the things we get done are just the people I meet because you you 
you really get to know what makes this community tick. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And that's where you see where it's special. Honestly, I think that's what makes a community special. It's not just the places and sites and all of that, but it's it's about the people that make it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the reason I started the podcast because I was like, I want to get to know the people that are running our, our city. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason. I was like, how could I like get in front of them without being like, can I just talk to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's kind of like awkward. Well, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can, but it gives them something too in return. Like I've had a lot of business owners on here and every single person that's been on here has got something from it, mm-hmm. some kind of business from it and stuff like that. So it's like a way to give back for their time in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So what do you see yourself doing in public other than that? That's a good question. Don't know yet? Uh, well, I have I have some thoughts, yeah. but, you know, it's it, – it, there's some – there's big decisions. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. And, and it's uh, – Huge decisions. And I don't want to do something just because I want to do it. Um, you know, my faith's pretty important to me, so yeah. obviously I'm going to pray a lot about it. I'm married to yeah. an awesome wife. She's yeah. She's got a lot to say about it. Um, anything we do, it's kind of, it's teamwork. Joint effort. It's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, right now I'm in this stage where I'm talking to wise people around me and say, what do you think? Yeah. And I'm willing to listen. So right now I'm in that stage where I'm listening and saying, if I do this, what do you think? And, yeah. uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the phase that I'm in, uh, in terms of next steps, if there is, or maybe there's something completely different. Um, but, uh, I have probably a decision to make, uh, pretty soon in the coming months. Yeah, makes sense. What do you think um, the future of Rapid City has to hold as a, in general, from like insider perspective, I guess, yeah. what do you see being like the growth and things coming up for Rapid? Yeah, well, the question is not whether we're going to grow. 100% it's going to, agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to grow. The question is whether it's going to happen to us or if we are going to get out in front of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's that's what we need to really be keeping our eye on Agreed. is, is and I know folks are concerned about what does growth bring? Well, growth will bring opportunities and challenges. Totally. So, you know, for example, I think, you know, we, we obviously, you, you work in real estate, so you see what's ha- happening in the housing market mm-hmm. and obviously rates and other things are going to uh, affect that. But it's anticipated that the next decade uh, we could have 30 to 40,000 more people. And some people say double. I've I mean, seen a hundred. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, yeah. so, but, Regardless, we're talking tens of thousands. Yeah, thirty thousand is a giant number in ten years. Yeah, for us, because we've been an incremental growth mm-hmm. um, community for quite some time. Yep. Um, so it's it's kind of this rush, and so yeah. so what do you do? Well, there you obviously you have housing challenges. So, you know, in in addition to inflation around the rest of the country, it's making it making it uh, difficult. Yeah, we have a migration surge. Yep. So folks love uh, the. Uh, personal and economic freedoms that yep. South Dakota has to offer. That's why a lot of us live here as well. So that there, we have that going on. Uh, the B 21s coming, yep. which is, uh, you know, going to be massive for our community. Uh, and just, you know, success of the organizations that are already here and we're seeing that and we want to see more of that. Um, so all that's going to bring some new challenges. So for example, you know, with police officers, yep. we're going to need more police officers. Well, it takes, you know, nine, nine months to a year to get a police officer uh, ready and trained and ready to go. Mm-hmm. So now we have to start to think of what's the population going to be in a year from now and hire yeah. right now for what's tomorrow. And that's the kind of thinking we really have to have in a, in a lot of our, in a lot of ways, not just in terms of police officers, but where you put schools, um, True. you know, where, yeah. where you build neighborhoods, water, 
roads. Water, for sure. Yeah. Water, in fact, is going to be a, a challenge for us. Yeah. I mean, we're in good shape right now. but. Yeah. So there's an effort to, to try to get a pipeline from the Missouri River out here, hmm. but you have to work with all these communities, have to be uh, in agreement, work together to make yeah. that happen. So we also have to start thinking more regionally. Yeah. And so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things. Um, that I feel are like most areas that grew exponentially, like we are already and going to continue, in my opinion too, did not plan stuff well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you look around the country, most areas planned horribly for most of this stuff. Well, and I think if you're going to grow, you want to do it in such a way that you keep what makes you special. Yeah. So I think your values, who we are as a community, the the the, the people and everything that we talked about already are what makes us special. So how do you grow in such a way that you do it in a smart and strategic way and still keep what makes this place special and not just turn into just some other place? Totally. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's like an act there, though. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's tough. It's not easy. But I mean, um, I have a YouTube channel that last year brought like 150 people to our town just for my channel, which is pretty crazy. Um, it's kind of focused around people moving so around it's your the city. Fault. Yeah, part of it's my fault, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, I'm not saying they came here just because of my YouTube channel, but they came here and watched my YouTube channel, anyways. And that was a helping factor for some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get this comment a lot from people that are locals that are like from here mm-hmm. for a long time or. Uh, born and raised here maybe is they're worried they're going to come in and change it and in my experience from all the people that i've met that are coming here they're pretty much aligned with our values exactly well we see it at church yeah um christian and i go to church together we see each other every now and then but as i've gotten to know some people that moved here their reason for moving here is an alignment with their values and and i think that's we can't ignore that yeah and i give a lot of credit to the governor uh, oh totally Yeah. Uh, yeah totally she you know, the, if you don't like the growth, you're probably upset. But at the same time, I think it can be great growth because yeah. you you know this the world's crazy. And I give a lot of credit to the governor for really promoting South Dakota as a beacon of uh, liberty and light. Yep. And and because of that, uh, we're seeing uh, the fruit uh, yeah, of it. And so now it's on us, those of us who uh, whether you're building a business or you're you're helping to lead a city or whatever you're doing, um, to to try to manage it well and that's listen healthy things grow healthy people grow healthy organizations grow healthy communities grow um so as long as we keep strong roots as a part of that and not just growth for growth's sake yeah i think we'll be okay no i totally agree yeah and i don't i don't foresee i don't foresee south dakota being an attractive place for people that don't align with our values it's gonna be tough you're gonna get frustrated yeah um but you know the world is uh, is pretty divided right now. <laughs> that's so, very true. Uh, yeah. But a lot of reasons why people choose. I mean, that's true of me too. Uh, you're, you're especially when raising a family. Yeah. Is, is what kind of uh, values does this community seem to have that will support what we are trying to teach our children? Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's true. I have people. I have a lot. I know a lot of people that moved here that are homeschools, mm-hmm. like homeschool community, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that community is probably growing here as well. Um, I think I, so I was homeschooled growing up and I was looking up the stats on it. When I was growing up homeschooled, it was like 1% of the kids were homeschooled today. It's 10% wow. of kids in America. And so when I read that, I was like, wow, so homeschool is like cool now. <laughs> Cause when I was growing up, it was like all the weirdos were homeschoolers. You know what I mean? And people just assumed that. Um, but I wonder if that will continue to be a South Dakota will be a hub for that. Well, know. it's been more sophisticated, uh, you know, I, we didn't homeschool our kids. Our school, our kids went to public school. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think there's, uh, 
there's a place for all of it. You definitely need public schools. I think great private schools, uh, and we have some here too. Yeah. Uh, but the homeschool community, um, you know, they are uh, working together, and the the, the outcomes are it's kind of cool, great for the kids. Yeah. It definitely, the the pandemic again when people are stuck at home, uh, you find out whether you can do that or not. Yeah. I think it really it really shifted education. Um, yeah. I I believe in education, but I think. Uh, it comes in all you know forms and sizes and, totally and uh so yeah how, whatever helps a kid thrive let's go for that yeah i agree i was just thinking about how you said um you know people are like mad about some people are definitely mad about growth and rap they're like oh, i want it to stay oh, yeah. small or whatever you know yeah. but um they also are the same people in my opinion that complain about housing prices and things like that and one thing i will tell you is that those people coming here a lot of them are bringing companies here too and those companies the ones that I know that are coming here, their starting salaries are really high for the area. Mm-hmm. So those companies coming here, the growth here might help you be able to afford stuff in the future. Because well, we do lack we do lack higher paying jobs here. Yeah, for sure. We we definitely definitely yeah. need that. Of course, I'm not happy about you know the price of my home going up because my taxes went up. Yeah, like, they went up a lot. Didn't I, they? I think yeah. we all we all feel yeah. feel that, and it's frustrating. In addition to the inflation, we're all yeah. just we all just have less change in our pocket right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've we've known for a long time we need to diversify our economy. I'm very grateful for our top two industries are agriculture and tourism, and they yep. definitely impact uh, Rapid City. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and I think we definitely want to appreciate them and value them, but build on that. And I think there are other branches of that economic tree. So whenever we can bring in manufacturing jobs, which you know we have uh, we have a battery manufacturer coming to yep, town here soon, right. but we have you know, high tech jobs. We have the South Dakota School of Mines that are producing amazing, amazing talent. Yeah. Well, how, how can how do we, we keep ha- them? here? How do we keep yeah. them here? And uh, so that's a big thing. I, and obviously it's a great place to start and grow a business. Yeah. You totally can headquarter yes. here yeah. and serve. And because of, you know, the technology serve all over the world. We have company, I'm going to a 10 year anniversary tomorrow for B9 Creations. They, they uh, are leading the way in 3D printing technology. Yeah, yeah. And so it's 10 years. I mean, 10 years ago, that was less common than it is totally, today. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they continue to grow. I'm, I'm excited for them. And I, I love seeing stories like that because I think those are success stories where, you know, you can do it from here and continue to grow and build. And those, obviously, we want good paying jobs. And yeah. that's, uh, you don't, it's good to have service industry jobs as well, but you also need jobs that um, you can provide, you know, for your family and, I grew up pretty poor, so I, I've come to appreciate what economic development and opportunities can do for a family that yeah. when they can provide and um, and be able to have a life, I think that's pretty important. So totally agree. Let's let's promote it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and I hope more of that starts coming here. I personally have two clients that are bringing companies here that are going to be hiring a couple dozen people each and starting salaries in the sixty to seventy thousand dollar range, nice. which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, like that's a, for our area. I feel like that's awesome. That's strong. Yeah, yeah. And they both of them are going to hire locally. Okay. Um, and I was like, awesome. Please do. <laughs> you know. Well, there's uh, a lot of remote workers too. There's a ton I of mean, remote workers uh, here. We yeah. see that with a lot of migration when you hear like, "What are you? Where are you working at?" Well, I kept my job yep. at so and so, but which is kind of cool that yeah. a lot of people are able to do that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. you know the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes sense actually for a lot of those big companies to me. I'm like, reduce your overhead by fifty million dollars a year or something. Yeah get rid of your giant office space or whatever you know yeah like i think twitter did that or maybe they brought them back i can't remember one of those big companies like that got rid of all their office spaces and i was like makes sense if yeah. you're releasing them especially just get rid of them mm. yeah 
Now Elon's going to run that. That's right. <laughs> That'll be interesting. I'm excited to watch that. I know, I, me too. It's already you, been entertaining. You know, I've um, had a love-hate relationship with Twitter. I'm on there. I've um, never been on Twitter. It's the only social oh, media I've never been on. It, it, I used to love it. It used to be my favorite. And then it got pretty toxic. But, I, you know, I go out there every now and then. And it used to be a lot more conversational. Now it's pretty. Now uh, it's more like attacking stuff. It, it's like one way or the other. I don't. I mean, it's not that I deal with it a ton. Yeah. Just in Rapid City. But, uh I still go on it every day. I have people that I follow and like to know, you know, ob- I kind of use it as a news aggregator. Here, yeah. Here's what's going on. And yeah, that makes sense. You know, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It'll be interesting to watch what happens with that. Yeah, it will. might be. have a resurgence. Yeah, I think it will. I think it probably I hope so. will. If that deal actually goes through too, because I was just out of curiosity reading the terms because I was like, how does a deal on a $44 billion deal look like? <laughs> and um, the term, it, the terms are they can basically back out for any reason, either party. Until the end of October. Okay. So it's got a while until it closes. And a there's a lot. I'm sure there's a ton of due diligence and all kinds of stuff. A going lot of on maneuvering there. probably yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, me and my dad were talking about how do you get funding for that? <laughs> you know, like, hey, I just need $44 billion to buy this company real quick. Because he doesn't have $44 billion in cash. Liquid, yeah. yeah. no. So either that or maybe just he could possibly. I was thinking he might have. I forget what it's called. But you can get a loan against your stocks. Could have gone that route, but I'm like, how does anybody have the cash to lend out $44 billion? Well, very few. He's the world's richest man. That's true. He'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, true. True. <laughs> pretty cool, though. Really, is pretty cool. Christy Noam offered him to come here yeah. for his headquarters. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I doubt he'll come here. Yeah, I think still. he moved Tesla to Austin yep. area. But, um, well, listen, I appreciate that, you know, I've, I've done that with, uh, Places you know, well, we want to see a Chick Fil A here. Yeah, you know, definitely. And Come a tra- on, Chick Fil A, Trader's Joe's. Trader Joe's. So yeah. I've written letters over yeah. the years and try and you know, just like, hey, if I'm on city council, if dude, it, what the heck is up with Chick Fil A though? You well, know? it was a uh, now. Here's the deal: Sioux Falls just got one, yep. so that's great. Uh, it has been a distribution thing, so got it. it's that not about sense. our market size. I it is about it you know their shipping and how they how they do things. So. Uh, it helps with Sioux Falls. Now, Sioux Falls is still five hours away. It's pretty far. We are yeah. on an island here. We are. It's yeah. It's 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 kind of cool, but also it explains a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, so we, we, within 200, 250 miles, we're the largest uh, community. Yeah, you, you got to get to the northern range of Colorado or Billings, Montana, yeah. uh, maybe Cheyenne, uh, Sioux Falls. Uh, really, we are kind of on an island. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you have to think about that's true with tour, people who are touring acts who yeah. come through here. You have to think about that. Are we on the way? to somewhere and yeah. we are thankfully yeah. we have an interstate that goes through yeah. here but so that the last i heard that was one of the challenges but um listen uh you never know now yeah, let's get them here yeah let's go <laughs> come, come on jason that's our new that's our Chick-fil-A. new task hey come on let's give me a go, call guys. yeah seriously get i'm easy, jason call I'm easy to find yeah. <laughs> and my my dad i don't know if you know what my dad does or not but my dad owns restaurants and oh. so he owns a total of like 18 restaurants but he owns all the sonics in town here oh Sonic okay driving Cherry so, limeades, man. Hell yeah, cherry limeades. <laughs> what's, what's the secret to the ice? <laughs> well, you, you know, you can now buy those ice machines, uh, like for at-home style. They're like four hundred bucks. Oh, this guy came. I forgot who it was, but a famous, some famous guy came out with his own because he wanted them at home, and you yeah. can now buy them to put awesome. at your house. Yeah. So I just looked into that the other oh, day. Cool. But secret to the ice is I don't know whatever the ice manufacturer does. <laughs> I'm not sure. Those machines are intense though. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They go. It makes ice very slow. Uh, very slowly it uh, takes all a good lot things are made slowly that's that's true that's a, there's a good good point there yeah. um so let's talk about fountain springs a little bit all right what made you want to go kind of switch from business route into ministry 
Well, I had served a ministry before. I, I did a residency for student ministry. I grew up Lutheran. Um, and so I was able to do uh, student ministry for a season coming out of the Air Force when we first moved up here. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, several years later, some friends and I started having a Bible study in my living room. That grew into um, us meeting in public in a coffee house on Saturday nights. And then that grew with kids and everything that we had to eventually go to the Elks Theater. So That's we awesome. had planted a church. <laughs> uh, it was called Project Church. It was a pretty amazing cool. time. And for five years of my life, um, while I was working at the credit union, uh, we had this church community, growing church community. Um, again, with some of my best friends to this day were a part of it, but uh, I had a young family, high level position and a growing church. So something had to give. So after yeah. about five years, I, I handed off the leadership of that uh, to the team and said, you know, um, at the, my family really needs me. And my kids, my oldest was just, you know, entering his teenage years and we were, uh, obviously teenage years are a whole new, yeah, new ball imagine. game. Yeah. And so I had to make a, a call to uh, let that go. Even though I loved it, it was awesome. Um, Is it still around? It, no, 2014, uh, I think they, the team because of the people that were leading at the life stage they were in um that decided they kind of distributed many ended up at fountain springs and uh, others at other places but um and some people moved away i think that's the we had a transient nature to a lot of college students and military yeah, people yeah. so a lot of people coming in and out um so at the same time at two in the morning if i need somebody a lot of those same people are the ones that i, w I would call that's awesome yeah so when uh, david Pastor David Canan, who who leads uh, Fountain Springs, called about really I kind of lead the business side of the church. Um, that makes sense. But I do some teaching and uh, you know a lot of our strategy, all that kind of stuff. We have a great leadership team as well yeah. there. Um, so it enabled me to I wanted you know would you when I left the city council and I'm at the credit union and and everything's fine. I wasn't uh, you know unhappy or anything like that, but definitely feel like oh man I really want to have the greatest impact I can um not because my name will be remembered I don't let people will forget that yeah but you know when you're when faith is important to you you want to do the most with the life that God has given you and so when that opportunity came and we talked about it I said you know I, my wife my daughter um my son was in the army at the time so I didn't really you know, ask him his, you know, his opinion, but it seemed like people around me were like, we think this will be a good move for you. Hmm. So I said, I'll do this first season. Don't know how long that will last, but I think this will be awesome. And this is pre pandemic and everything. We navigated a lot of during that time, but it has been a remarkable journey. I will tell you, <clears throat> I've grown so much as a leader, as a man, um, during this time, I work with some of the most amazing people. I watch them up close and personal I mean, we aren't perfect. We're all, you know, imperfect people yeah. serving a perfect God. But these are the people I get to serve with are truly remarkable. I mean, no one is there not wondering if they have purpose in their work. They're, so they're all driven by that. Yeah. Great, great sense of humor, creative. Uh, it lets me scratch a creative itch. I have mm -hmm. that in me as well. So it's uh, it's been just a, a remarkable experience. And That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm pretty grateful uh for the folks that I've uh, been able to serve with and, and flirt alongside with. Yeah, a lot of my friends, like personal friends, my one of my best friends is Josh Harris. And so I feel like I am have an insight into that, into their 
culture a little bit, and I yeah. think it's pretty special as well, well Josh, from what I can see. Man, you talk about talent. Hell yeah. yeah he's, he's he's an, I call him an empire builder, too. Yeah. He's got his own little thing going on. And, yeah. Uh, but that's what, that's what I mean. And watching people like him grow yeah. over the last few years, I mean, he's uh, he's been promoted, and he heads up. Uh, he wears a lot of different hats too, but yeah. that's what's really fun is, you know, I don't, I don't know what the future holds for everything, but you know, right now um, where I'm placed, you know, there's a great show, The Office, a lot of people know it. Yeah. There's a line in there, Andy Bernard says at one time, uh, towards the end of the series, he says, I, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days before you actually left them. Damn. And I've said that a lot because there are times we're just doing stuff and we're in the heat of it all. And I'm like, this is the good old days. Yeah, things will change at some point, um, but people will come and come and go. Yeah. I know, but the take this in for what it is. So that has been uh, I've I've tried to I've tried to really uh, soak as much of it in as I can. Yeah, um, knowing that God always uh, calls us to new adventures at times. But um, so that's it's been awesome, man. And it's, I think you see that with our team. Yeah, you totally do from the outside in for sure. Fountain Springs is a special place to me. Um, well, I think that was like a really good way to end this. All right. Was the good old yeah. days thing. I mean, <laughs> that was super cool. So thank you so much for being on this, man. Really yeah. appreciate your time. And guys, if you got any questions or whatever, if you want to complain at the city council, I'll put his link, <laughs> the link to those info below. So thanks so much again, man. All right. Thanks, man. See appreciate you guys. It. Peace. Bye.